If you're looking for a place to hang out, figure out where you can take the next step in your dairy farming business, then you're in the right spot. Welcome to the High Performance Herd podcast. Here we will inform you what you can do today to future-proof your business for tomorrow. A big thanks to our sponsors Fonterra, IDEX, Kuru Diagnostics, Taz Herd, Tasmanian Dairy Trust, Zoetis, NHIA, Data Mars. I'm your host, Andrew Savage. Enjoy this episode of the High Performance Herd podcast wherever you may be listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and jump on our Facebook group, the High Performance Herd Project. Today we're catching up with Ollie Roberts from Pasture.io. Ollie is from a family dairy farm here in Tasmania. He has spent time managing his dairy farm near Boat Harbour in the northwest of Tassie, and at one stage he invested in a herd of milking cows and had young stock before selling them to follow off-farm pursuits, such as Pasture.io. Ollie has gone on to found Pasture.io, a system that is saving farmers thousands of hours in labour by managing pasture from space. Hi Ollie, and welcome to the High Performance Herd Project. And tell us something about yourself that perhaps people don't know about you. G'day, Andrew. Well, that's 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 quite a question. So, something about myself. I'm an avid bird photographer who loves spending time in the bush, uh, and that that gets me close to nature and and you know frees the head and everything. And, and I, I love being out in the elements, uh, taking photo, photos of birds and observing what's happening. It's a bit like cows. My love for cows and their gentle nature, a similar sort of love, but with birds. So that's something that people might not know about me. That's really cool. And I guess um, being an entrepreneur, you've had a pretty full-on journey into the digital world and that type of thing. So having a, a, a way of releasing your mind and mindfulness is probably very important, I imagine. Um, speaking of Pasture.io, um, can you tell us a bit about Pasture.io, especially those early days uh, of the conception of your company? How did, how did Pasture.io come about and what problem were you trying to solve? Yeah, well, Pasture.io started back in 2005 and it, it all started with a conversation around the milk vat after the evening milking had finished. So my uncle and my dad were standing there talking as, as they have for decades and, and here I am, a young, young Ollie thinking he knows the best, uh, telling them how it should be done and, 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 and asking lots of questions, very, very curious to understand and and to um, tr- innocently understand wh- why they're making the decisions that they're making, why they're not making the um, decisions as effectively as I thought they could be, uh, and 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 that was around, you know, where the animals should graze next and and things like that. Uh, through this conversation with my uncle and dad, I, I got the feedback that was right. Your little shit. If you think you can do it better, then then you you decide where the animals or where the herd will graze next. So that little did I know at the time that was just putting a big weight on my shoulders, uh, a lot of responsibility um, handed to me right then, and that was to um, basically decide the the profitable outcomes of our family dairy farm. Uh, so I started asking even more questions and, and questions outside of just 
just my father and my uncle and questions such as um, how do you know how much pasture is in a paddock? Uh, how do you know how much pasture an animal can eat? Do, do animals waste pasture? Like what, what's the go with the cow clumps or, or the pasture clumps you see in the paddock? Um, how do you put those into formulas and calculations? Uh, there are many, many questions, you know. So how quickly should the cows rotationally graze around the, around the farm? So these questions started leading towards, uh, um, well, led me towards walking the farm once a week with a rising plate meter. So previous, previously uh, on our farm, we'd maybe measure the farm once a quarter, if we we're lucky, maybe um you know once a season sort of thing to get a a good understanding of where the average uh farm pasture cover was sitting uh i i could see an opportunity to tighten this up and that's where the weekly pasture walks came in around 17 years ago uh before long we were collecting a lot of data or a lot of information so that information were, were things like uh um you know how much pasture was in a paddock um, how quickly or what the growth rate of the pasture was in each paddock across the farm. Uh, the other bits of information were around grazing. So how long had it been since paddocks were last grazed? And all, all of this information we were collecting in uh, to begin with was a spreadsheet and then it became a FileMaker database before it turned back into a spreadsheet. Uh, and we're able to really start to get and make uh, better grazing decisions. So uh, decisions uh, that, you know, ultimately drives the profitability and the sustainability of our farm operation. Um, so what what I'm saying is the, the problem that Pasture.io first evolved to uh, to overcome were, were, was to, was how can we make best use of manual pasture measurements to make informed grazing decisions so I, I guess i guess that's that's where we've where the program has come from and and now we have uh things like you know remote pasture measurements and things where we're not walking the farm but it's still the same uh principle of you know timely grazing of pastures uh for for taking into account how much biomass or how how um, how many kilograms of dry matter is in in each paddock, as well as what is the leaf stage of each paddock? So, um, understanding day since grazed and rotation length and balancing all of that. That's an incredible story. Um, you know, something as simple as a conversation can spark such a big journey for you. And I guess when you talk about transitioning to now, when you fast forward to pasture IO today, and that conversation from the milk vat. Um, Where's Pasture.io at now and, and, and what, what do you offer and, and how do farmers use your product currently? Yeah, uh, very good question. The where is Pasture.io now? So, and how do farmers use the, the product? Well, Pasture.io uh, in 2014 turned, in, turned into a web platform and, and that web platform meant that we were finally able to transfer uh, data without breaking the data and, and the formulas. So um, because I, this this spreadsheet that I'd grown over nearly 10 years had, had grown into a, a, a monster that included 
fertilizer applications, grazing records, how many kilos of grain or silage or pasture were being fed to each cow, um, all of this data. And each time we'd transfer that, it would break. So the web platform uh, was developed in 2014 to overcome that. And then in 2016, we uh, publicly launched uh, pasture.o. Now, if people people do remember 2016, it's uh, it's scarred into everyone's um, um, uh, minds who who dairy farm for the clawback year. So it was a, it was a terrible time to release. So I went on to follow other pursuits, uh, and then in 2018, the uh, daily flyover constellation of the planet uh, Labs satellite constellation enabled the remote pasture measurements. Now, why the daily flyover is important is because uh, dairy farming happens generally in high rainfall areas where there's uh, lots of cloud cover. So um, the daily flyover frequency increases the chance of getting a clear morning or a clear image to provide a satellite-backed pasture measurement. So the, the program has evolved from utilising manual pasture measurements uh, to make informed grazing decisions to now automating those pasture measurements using satellites. Uh, and today where we're at, we're in 2020, we embarked on uh, redesigning the app into a, into a version two, which is still under, under development, but very much what we're training everyone in now. Now version two works well on your phone. It's fast and, and it's, and it's, we're able to manipulate information so you can view view things such as your paddock performance and and where to graze cows easier uh, and at the end of last year we started to work with the um with with farm pulse in tasmania with their auto with their uh, gps trackers as a, a partner to help uh, provide the auto grazer so the auto grazer means that uh, farmers can put GPS trackers on their animals now, and though when those animals enter into a paddock, it then uh, records the grazing. So all of that information is being collected automatically. So a farmer can pick up their phone, see, oh yeah, that paddock was um, you know twenty days since it was last grazed. Currently, leaf emergence is at eight days, so it's around two and a half leaf stage. So they can make these decisions without actually having to pull out a notepad or record any of these um, data points onto a whiteboard or into another spreadsheet or anything like that. Um, am, I, am I answering your question of where where the program is now? And oh, Definitely, yeah, yeah. And I guess Farm Pulse is another fantastic Tassie Ag Tech story, isn't it? And I think maybe we might have to get them into uh, the High Performance Herd Studio at some stage. Uh, because they're up to some pretty cool things as well. Um, you did mention uh, on a previous conversation the importance of the timing of recording that grazing. So do you see this auto grazer, um, you know, maybe really a, another great step in optimising pasture utilisation? Yes, certainly. I see the auto grazer as, as um, helping close the loop with remote pasture measurements. So... Uh, um, like 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 everything, we we work with a whole with a whole group of farmers. So we work with some that just want a feed wedge; they don't want anything else. We've got others that 
that mainly are concerned around uh, days since grazing, they're not or, or leaf stage, not so much concerned around biomass. Uh, and and then you've got farmers that just want to use everything they want to record, all their fertilizer applications, all their grazings, everything. So we work with a whole range of farmers that uh, have uh, different needs. And uh, I guess I guess the key with the auto grazer is that it enables all of those farmers to be able to uh, utilize a closed loop system. Now, by closed loop system, what I mean is that the the grazing activities or the grazing events being recorded and, and maintained is is integral to getting uh, accurate uh, remote pasture measurements or satellite backed pasture measurements. So, without the grazing events, the um, satellite back pasture measurements are, are suboptimal so it can be a it can be a time uh it can be an annoying thing for a farmer to do is to maintain a grazing record we've made it as simple as you can uh so you use a, the version 2 app you show it on your phone and you just open up and you, and you simply go click yes i graze that paddock there save so it's very easy and we we, we our encouragement is for people to uh, make it habitual, uh, but the thing with the auto grazer is, it just removes that completely. So, if a farmer doesn't want to make it a habitual thing that they keep their grazings recorded or up to date, they can just simply pick up the phone and see the feed wedge, and that feed wedge will be uh, very accurate based on the satellites flying overhead and the automatic uh, grazing entries that are being recorded. So that's. That's the that's the key part of the the auto grazer and the the GPS trackers. It's fantastic, and I guess one you know, big problem farmers are facing it is that multiple data entry points. And um, I know myself, even for the focus farm, I've actually been entering the carvings um, for the collars and uh, and matings are the same. It's nothing to get five days behind, and all of a sudden, instead of having twenty records to enter you've all of a sudden got 200 and it's turned in from something to do over a coffee to something that's going to take all day so i think the more we can automate that type of task um the the better we're going to be off um i'd like to talk about the satellites themselves or i mean it seems quite sort of futuristic or but you know it's a pretty out there statement to go from a pasture plate metering to um, looking to space i mean how did that how did that actually happen uh you know the, the thought of using satellites and how do the satellites actually measure pasture from way out there? Uh, very good question. It's uh, they they. I, I think I think when it comes to the the marketing message is it's easier to sell it as satellite pasture measurements, but but that's not entirely the the whole picture. So the the. Satellites by themselves are, are very good at measuring pasture within a, a narrow window, and that narrow window can be optimised based on the grazing system. So generally, with a dairy farm system like the the one behind me, where it's high rainfall, it's you know lush pastures, those sort of things, uh, the narrow window is is pitched between about two thousand kilos and and twenty five hundred kilos of dry matter per hectare. Now, anything over 2,500, the satellites can't really see or can't help too much because the the way the satellites work is that they, they fly over, they scan the earth, they, they take an image and they extract different wavelengths of colour. Now, there's only, only so much colour 
that the uh, the satellites can extract or the optics can extract from what it sees at 2500 and above before the plant hits uh, saturation. So it just just imagine the leaves are folding over at starting to fold over at 2500 and you know by by 3000 we all know like leaves are covered and and you've you've got canopy closure. So that the the satellites or the the models cannot actually see any more color on the ground. So we have to in that case we need to start to bring in other elements. Now those other elements uh, are driven by things like the growth rate of the pasture. Now that's when we bring in the weather data. So we've got satellite images, we've got the local weather data. So things like precipitation, evapotranspiration, um, temperature, and those sort of things. And then there's a third element that we bring in. So the first is satellite images, the second is uh, local weather data, and the third is uh, the paddock activities, so the grazings, which we've we've discussed quite a lot now, is quite important for the um, remote pasture measurements. So the the grazings is a key part, uh, and that all of that information is fed into the models. Now the models then are able to produce based on the information that is known how much pasture is in each paddock or how quickly the pasture is growing. So in a, in a nutshell, how do satellites measure uh, pasture? Well, satellites are a key component of the remote sensing, uh, but it's not the satellites alone. It is it is the satellite images working in conjunction with all of this other information that we, we uh, put into these machine learning models. That's fantastic. That's a great explanation, Oli. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. And um, yeah, I guess the, the 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 thought of satellites just screaming around and taking photos and solving all our problems. You've explained that it's a multi prong approach. And uh, again, a lot of these technologies are as good as their interaction with the people in the business as well. Um, obviously, entering grazings and uh, recording information timely. So yeah, it's um, same with a lot of you know color technologies and that type of thing. Um, I'd love to know where you're heading with uh, Pasture IO. I've seen on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, you've got a bit of a presence on social media. Uh, I get a few emails from you as well with some pretty cool information around what's happening around the place. Um, you're sort of uh, really up with what's happening in our industry and not just pasture, but I've seen things around biosecurity and all other types of factors that will come into it. And yeah, what, what's happening uh, in the future for Pasture? I've seen some stuff around Europe and things like that. What's the future look like? Uh, the the future looks the future looks very green, like behind me. It, it's it, well managed pastures, <laughs> yeah, a good climate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, you 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 you're right, Andrew. We're uh, continuing to expand, and we 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 drive a fairly organic sales. And, and marketing approach. So we're, we're not about uh, aggressively trying to get out there and, and, and get customers on board. It's it's more about um, trying to build awareness of, of what we're doing with, with people and with farmers and um, working by word of mouth. So um, for us, it's more about delivering a, something of quality and something of value so something that that is actually useful and and can replace the rising plate meter and 
and also can lift farmers from who who've never used a rising plate meter from eyeball grazing to using uh, pasture readings to make informed grazing decisions. So for us, it's about uh, the, the future is about continuing to work with farmers in 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 helping, like you know, in helping yourself make better grazing decisions. So if if we can help, if we can help you relieve your uh, the mental daily decision making burden on where you're going to graze your cows, and and we can do that um, effectively, then that is the future, and that we're, we're doing our job well. Yeah. So d- does that resonate yeah. with yourself, Andrew? In terms of uh, in terms of, uh, I know I know um, you were dairy farming, and and there is a, I think there is a certain element of a decision making fatigue that is put on. Uh, on managers in terms of every day they've got to make a decision. It could be um, twice a day grazing or whatever it is. Um, it, it's and I, I think that's underestimate how much that plays on your mind if you want to make good grazing decisions. Does does that resonate? Most oh, most definitely and yeah and the slippery slope of, of of a farm manager that sets their rotation in the spring and follows every paddock you know, all the way around and it doesn't deviate all spring. And um, it, I think that ability to be dynamic and move with the environment and, and what's actually happening on farm is, is, is where our future lies, especially for sustainability and that type of thing. We really have to look at where that next gain is. So it definitely resonates. Um, and you've offered a lot of value to our listeners and to the people, I think, and that's, I've found that in Tasmania, a lot of businesses are really about offering value and solving problems and they're not really focused on you know the bottom line and how many um subscribers have i got and that and that type of thing and it's a really cool culture that we have in our dairy industry that we're, we've all got each other's backs and that's what i love love about this project as well yeah so it's fantastic um i'd really like to know we're probably you know uh can look at wrapping things up it's been a fantastic journey of pasture io and where you've come from where you are and, and where you're going. And it's a great story of uh, your conversation from the, the VAT. I like how you call it the VAT. Um, a lot of people call it the silo or whatever. So it's, it sounds very Kiwi of you. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a, it's just a great, a great uh, story that, you know, even farmers could resonate with if, if they're thinking about maybe a side hustle or, um, you know, something that they can offer our industry. It, it, anything's possible in this world. And I think you probably agree with that. I'd love to know what key takeaway or you know what's one really point that you'd love people to come away with um, when you know they're making that next step for their business. Yes. Okay. So I, I could say that very very quickly. Uh, that would be proactive and not reactive. Uh, so though with those words, what I'm trying to say there, and what what I've tried to say through like this whole discussion is that um, if, 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 if you can remove the, uh, the daily decision-making fatigue or you, you, can, you can reduce that mental daily burden uh, and by being proactive and not reactive, you can relieve or reduce a lot of stress in the system. And if you look at the, the main pillars of farming, uh, whatever they are, whatever you define them as, whether that's feed, pastures, people, um, you know, finance, all of those sort of things. If you can be proactive and not reactive with your planning and strategy and, and tactical decision-making, then uh, 
things will line up, you'll be happy, your animals will be happy, and uh, that's the key. That's awesome. What a fantastic takeaway, and uh, really want to thank you very much for your time today, coming to talk to us, and um, hopefully maybe we'll get you back in here one day, and we'll also bring you into the high-performance herd uh, journey, and we'll see what we can come up with along the way. So I really want to thank you very much. Much appreciated. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. It's been an absolute pleasure and looking, looking forward to watching uh, how the high performance herd produces, you know, valuable information for everyone that's following. Awesome. Cool. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Herd podcast. Thanks to the sponsors, Fonterra, IDEX, Kuru Diagnostics, Taz Herd, the Tasmanian Dairy Trust, Zoetis, NHIA, Data Mars. Feel free to subscribe and review the podcast. Share it with your friends. The more, the merrier. Jump on Facebook, search the High Performance Herd Project, and you're very welcome to join the High Performance Herd private Facebook group. If you want to see a video of this podcast, jump on YouTube or www.facebook.com highperformanceherd.com where you'll see a link to these sponsors for more information and more information on the High Performance Herd project which is a real life dairy farm spring block carving right here in Tassie. Thanks very much and we'll see you next week.